So happy birthday, Betty Cox. So this morning I'm reading from the book of Luke, starting chapter 1, verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Aaron, and Eva, and Coralie, and the rest of the kids can be dismissed as well. There's no high school class uh, today. Kids are probably already in there. They're going to rehearse later for their presentation next week also. Uh, just before we begin, another note about something happening in the foyer after the service. Himalayan Life has set up a table out there, and they're selling various uh, um, articles, goods, things from uh, Nepal. And so uh, if you can avail yourselves of a few minutes to check out the table, it would, it would uh, help Himalayan life in their great work. Uh, before getting into the sermon, I want to call attention to one couple here with us. We've been praying a lot for them lately, as each of them individually and together. And uh, they have asked that I express gratitude on their behalf to the congregation for praying for them. And that's John and Jenny Van Hoogstraten. Uh, and there's an occasion for their expression of gratitude, and that is that on December 15th, it's their 50th uh, wedding anniversary. And they, yeah, let's give them a round of applause. The message, the message that I received from them was, was reflective of their prayer. They said we couldn't have got here to this place without the prayers of God's people and without God's grace. And so uh, blessings on you, and it's great to see you here together. We'll continue to pray for you. Thank you to you both. Well, uh, then it was upon us. Shows and songs and decorations and the music. It just is always all of the sudden. 
you're immersed. The traffic. Uh, we've been talking about, well, our, our Advent theme is the sense of Christmas. Last week we talked about smell, aroma. But perhaps the most noticeable at Christmas time as you go through your day is that sense of sound. Do you hear what I hear? Which should be something good, but it might just be incessant Christmassy uh, or holiday music in the stores. The sound is what's most noticeable. I'm reminded of our good friend. Grinch, it turns out that the Grinch actually hated a lot of things, but he did say in Dr. Seuss's writing, if there's one thing I hate, it's the noise, 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 noise. And maybe, like Lawrence, you can identify. Not only at Christmas, but your life. If there's one thing I hate, it's the noise, 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 noise. And what is it that makes you strain your face like that? It's the attempt to try to focus towards something life-giving rather than clamoring and distracting. Something that seems to, many things that seem to suck the life out of you rather than give you life. If there's one thing I hate, it's the noise, 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 noise. That which interrupts, breaks over, covers up, blocks out, assaults your peace. It's so noisy in your life that you forget at times what it's like to feel peace. To have a sense that all is well. The Grinch was just trying to have a quiet life. Up on Mount Crumpet. And those celebrating who's were an offense to him. So I have a question for you. What if you could hear the voice of God? And what if God was good? Think about it for a moment. With whatever it is you're carrying, your concerns, the changes in your life, your family, your aging, your unmet expectations of yourself and others, what if you could hear the voice of God, and what if God is good? Do you see how that is a different feeling than the noise? The trouble is, in religious circles, we often just add to the noise rather than offer life. We add things like condemnation, God's shaking head, or expectation, religious what if hearing the voice of God was not terrifying? And remember that at every appearance at Christmas time, the angels say, the first thing they say, do not be afraid. What if the voice of God was not terrifying? Our inclination is to fear, but God's inclination is to love. Remember that difference between you and God. Our inclination is to fear, but God's inclination is to love not terrifying, the voice of God not as dead religion or distance religion, but rather the source of all life speaks in a way that you can hear in the midst of your actual life and your actual day, even this day. 
Imagine that possibility. That you could hear God. Luke 1, Mary. Verse 26, we're given the time. The sixth month. Gabriel, he's named this time at the beginning of the story. When he came to Zechariah, we didn't get his name until later on in their conversation. Gabriel is clearly on some kind of assignment here at Christmas time, this first Christmas time. Sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a young woman betrothed, not married, but betrothed to a man named Joseph, and her name was Mary, we're told. And Gabriel came and said, don't miss this, because... If you want to hear the voice of God in your life, you're looking for some kind of revelation, for some kind of comfort, for some kind of assurance of the presence of God. And the angel came and said, and there is beauty in this, greetings. First thing, greetings. There's a friendliness to this. How simple it sounds, an actual time, an unexceptional place, and an apparently unexceptional, unexceptional young woman. And God, in the form of this angel, or this angel sent from God, says greetings. But the images can seem distant, like this. Can you identify with that? Maybe a bit less so. It's become known in our religious circles as the Annunciation. It's a beautiful, nice religious word. I don't know that Mary would have used that word that day. Oh, what happened to me today was the Annunciation. I think I heard the voice of God. If you go to art galleries in New York and London and cities around the world, you'll see. Go through art galleries, and it seems like the only thing that's painted is Mary hearing from the angel or Jesus dying on a cross. It's just filled with that. Now, Museum of Modern Art, there's differences there at times. But gallery after gallery and room after room, these are the images you see but they might not be that identifiable. And sometimes my experience of this kind of art is that it's rather on the nose. Up in the corner you've got God, he's pointing, you've got a... uh, or this, where clearly the artist is bringing in something that's happening at the time in the 1500s or 1600s or 1700s or whatever long time ago it was, and there are comments being made in the side panels and in the middle you've got, well, Mary's hearing from the angel, And I would assume, so this is how, this is what it means to us. Still seems distant, which is why I give you this image instead. You can't even see the angel barely. Is there an angel? Mary is just a regular young woman there. Because my life doesn't feel like that more like this. It's an actual young woman on a regular day and we're told that in some room in solitude and maybe in prayer can you imagine that Mary heard the voice of God That's what's being declared in this text. An angel was sent to Mary, and she heard the voice of God. 
And that's a tough thing to capture. It's hard to paint. Last week, with Zechariah, we considered the astounding possibility, and I asked you to do this for your own life. We considered the astounding possibility that the Lord has heard your prayer, the prayer of your heart, the prayer that might even be unvoiced to people that you are closest with. The astounding possibility, because that's what Gabriel spoke to Zechariah, who longed for a child, though he and his wife were well past the years of being able to have a child. And the angel said to Zechariah, the Lord has heard your prayer. Consider that for your life. But now with the story of Mary and Gabriel, consider this. that you can hear from God. See the difference? Firstly, Zechariah, the Lord has heard your prayer. Secondly, Mary, you have to hear from God. Zechariah, God hears us. Mary, the question, can we actually hear God? I would say you need both in your life. You need to know that the Lord has heard your prayer, and you struggle to believe it, as Zechariah did. But you need to know also that you can hear the voice of God. You need these things to be truly alive and at peace. Verse 29 of this story. Mary, like you would be, Mary was greatly troubled and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. See how the Bible strains to describe, even in something so clear as the Annunciation, how odd it is to say something like you've heard the voice of God. Mary sought to discern what was happening. Is this God I'm hearing from? Can you identify? And the angel said to her, do not be afraid for you have found favor with God and you will have a son and you will call him Jesus and he will reign forever, and there will be no end to his kingdom. And Mary said, Virgin Mary said, How will this be? And Gabriel said, This will be by the Holy Spirit. So I ask you, what's the miracle? The miracle's obvious, right? And those of us who want clear black and white lines and clear things to contain our belief within boxes and systems and structures... We say, well, the miracle is obvious. A virgin became pregnant. And I say, sure, that's the miracle, of course. Some wouldn't call that a miracle. Some would call that a lie. People you know would say, well, that's just a story. It's a miracle by the power of the Holy Spirit. And Gabriel says, remember, anything is possible with God. But it's not, that doesn't fully help us to understand the miracle because the miracle for Mary is that she's going to have this baby. But for you, and for her as well, the beginning of that miracle is, how can it be that God would have to do with me? That's the first place the miracle happens. How can God have anything to do with you as human? Once God says, that God will have something to do with us as humans, well, then anything is possible. 
The miracle is firstly that God would intervene in our lives, in Mary's life and in the life of this world. Mary asks in some words, and it's, 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 a, it's a devotional, thoughtful, religious uh, kind of evocative question to ponder. How can the God who formed the entire universe fit into my womb? See what kind of things she would be carrying in her mind. But it's the same question you're asking. If God is real and there and loving and over all, how can he fit into my life? How can he speak into my life? For each of us here, it's the question. Do we believe that God can intervene in our lives and our days and our concerns? Can we hear the voice of God? In some contexts, many in our current culture, if you started telling people that God spoke to you, I will say things like, I heard from God. And here, it might be okay. You might be like, oh, I'm glad Todd's praying and he has a sense that he's hearing from God. If I say that in some other circles, they would say Todd has a mental illness. And, you know, in my faith, that doesn't really bother me, actually. I kind of go, it does sound like that, doesn't it? And there's times when if somebody said to me, you know, God told me this, I'd be like, eh, not so sure. Even in the Bible, and this helps us as Christians, or those considering Christian faith, even in the Bible, God speaking to humanity is always a strain to describe. So anytime you take a story in scripture of God speaking to a person, it always is language of metaphor, language of there's a theophany. Don't you love that word theophany? It means God appearing in some other form to speak. So he's an angel or he speaks like out of a donkey. That happens in the Bible or a vision, or scripture, words of holy scripture. But it's always a strain. So here, the way that the, the, the language of that strain is going to happen is, is in these words. God sent an angel to this young woman, Mary. Because we have to understand what it means that God speaks to people, and here an angel comes and speaks. In another place, God spoke to a prophet, or in a vision, or the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, or Ezekiel, or those other prophets. And how did the word of the Lord come? A powerful vision? Or for Job, God speaks out of a storm? Or for Elijah, it's the opposite of a storm? It's a quiet whisper? In the Bible, God speaks in the rush of rivers, or enlists the very mountains. This is something we can hang on to here in our landscape. God enlists the very mountains that sing for praise and break forth in song. And he says things like, you're going to come back to your place where I will settle you back in your home and you will hear these mountains singing out as you come. Or at other times he gathers those same mountains and says, these mountains are going to testify before you. They're going to speak. It's all a reach. It's all too much for us. 
the words that I have in my mind to describe it, that any time God is going to speak to you or to me or to Mary or to Job or to anyone, it is a beautiful humiliation. The angel came to Mary. But what's happening is that God is speaking. Some of you, some of you would know, it's not only in the pulpit, by the way, but maybe that's where you see it most, I'm a bit of a crier. I've never really considered it a weakness, maybe when I was young. But you get to know yourself through time, right? And I think, you might be able to instruct me a little more on this, but I think I've identified where I cry the most. It can happen when I'm watching TV, it can happen when I'm preaching here, it can happen when I just see something. It's when I feel that I'm seeing something divine in the midst of something human. Somebody does something kind for someone else. I see you and I've known you through the years and I hear your words to one another. That God over all the universe would have to do with us it is too much for me, but I am grateful. Because the truth is, I see something of the voice of God in your lives, in your words, in your love. Of course, at times we see its opposite, our own fear, our own self-protection. At times I see God's presence in your longing, but when God comes to us in such a way that illuminates the most regular of days and the most regular of people, even like Mary, it can be breathtaking. So for you today, the question is this. Let's take Zechariah's first. Do you believe that God has heard your prayer? We'll start there. Now today's question. Do you believe that you can hear from God? The source of all life we're in the midst of the noise, 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 noise. And I get frustrated by that too, even though I contribute to it, so do you. In the midst of the noise, 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 we hear from the source of all life. There's a danger in saying that you can hear the voice of God. And I want to identify what God speaks in Christian understanding so that you can check it because sometimes people will tell you that it's God speaking but if what they're spewing is division, fear, suspicion, hate then it's not the voice of God in Jesus Christ. It's simply the, the, the truth, the way that that is. Because what God speaks is Jesus. Theologically, now so you got to stay with me for a minute here, okay? Theologically, that is all that God speaks. The Word of God is Jesus Christ. So much so, one of my favorite theological points to make, and it has to be repeated, is that if you take this book, the Bible, our Holy Scriptures, and you forget that it is the Word about the Word, then you can use this book to abuse people, to hurt people, to perpetuate your own prejudice, 
Because you use this book in such a way that it's not about the Word, that which God speaks, Jesus Christ, the living Word. Theologically, in a way, well, theologically, all that God speaks is Jesus Christ. But Jesus Christ is life, preeminent, preexistent, forgiveness and grace and love. Do you believe that you can hear the voice of God? Could you? And I would, this is one of those times where I would go, and one Sunday I'll do it, but not this week, don't worry, that I could name every one of you. Say your name right now. Do you believe you can hear the voice of God? over this whole congregation. And if God is alive and present, and if, as we have been told, God is love and offers us life to the full, then when we hear God speaking, and we hear God speaking Jesus Christ, everything comes alive. In the midst of all of our unfulfilled hopes, everything comes alive. God speaks Jesus Christ. That which is spoken by God is the word. That which is spoken by God is Jesus. Here with Mary, that's what God speaks. And you will have a son, and you will give him the name Jesus, and he will reign forever. In other accounts, he will save people from their sins. The word about the word. So back to our friend. Other than the fact that he has no pants, which is disturbing. But he goes through this transformation. And he goes through this transformation at Christmas time. It's not the most religious of shows or books. It's a book after all. But it is at Christmas time. It is a Christmas transformation. And then the language changes after that transformation as he hears the love of the people that he had previously condemned. He then whizzed with his load through the bright morning light with a smile to his soul. He descended Mount Crumpet, cheerfully blowing hoo-hoo on his trumpet. Now he's part of that which he would have experienced before as the noise. He's had a religious experience because of their love. Jesus Christ, the Word of God, hearing love and forgiveness and joy and life and healing and comfort and salvation, we would say that we would accept Jesus Christ, that we would come to Jesus Christ, that we would give our lives to Jesus Christ. See that religious kind of understanding, and it's helpful. But the other way of putting this question is simply, will you listen to the Word of God? spoken. What did Mary do? What was exceptional about Mary? Nothing. Will you listen in love? Will you listen in times when you feel alive, where you feel so connected that you can experience this awareness of the transcendent, so overwhelmed at sunrise or sunset, or when you, by I would say, by God's grace, can hear the mountains singing? Will you listen then for the voice of God? 
But will you listen as well? And this is my prayer for you as pastor. You share your lives with me. We share our lives with one another. Will you listen as well when you are in pain? When you are weeping? When you are unsure? When you have reached your limit? Because I will tell you, I am confident of this. God will speak to you in Jesus Christ in those times. Mary says in verse 38, and this, if there's anything exceptional about her, it is this, that she listens, receives, and hears. That's the call for us. And she says to Gabriel after his explanation, which is still a stretch, how will this be? It can't be for me. This will be by the Holy Spirit. And Mary says in, the, in verse 38, it's beautiful. May it be to me as you have said. She listened. Responded. And let go. The word which God speaks to us is certain and sure in Jesus Christ, love and grace and salvation, forgiveness, hope and peace and joy. The word which God speaks, and this is why Christmas will never ever get old and you never have to worry about people celebrating it poorly. And you never have to worry about last Christmas being better than this Christmas. I mean, on the human level, you can do all of that if you'd like. But when you understand what it is truly about, that God has spoken Jesus Christ into this world. There's not one bit of it that ever gets old. The, words which, the word which God speaks is always Jesus Christ, and by his grace we would hear and respond. Let's pray together. So come, Holy Spirit. Open our eyes. In faith, those of us who have been awakened to this faith in you, Lord Jesus Christ, Open our eyes and our ears that we would hear you, know your presence, and that we would be grateful for this world in which we live, that it is in this world that we live out this faith and seek to witness to what you have done for us and for all others. Forgive us where our inclination is to fear rather than love. And we thank you, Heavenly Father, that when you did reveal yourself in Christ Jesus, we found out once for all that you are good. Come Holy Spirit, give us eyes to see, ears to hear. We pray in Christ's name, amen.